The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome to another episode of Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino, happy to be here with you once again. Talking everything Buffalo Bills as we get ready for week two of the 2021 NFL season. The Buffalo Bills traveling down to South Beach to take on the Miami Dolphins. Now, you know, for me, it's not very often that a on a Friday podcast would I be talking too much about the game from the weekend before. But considering it was week one of the season... I do feel like I at least need to spend a couple of minutes on it before I start looking forward to Sunday's matchup. And it's interesting, if you heard the podcast earlier where we made predictions, we talked about the most anticipated game on the schedule. For me, that was most certainly week one against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, No question whatsoever, right? For me, opening day, whether it's at home, on the road, that first game of the season is the one that I look forward to the most. And I say that because, you like everybody, right? Like you you come off of the year before, uh, you look forward to things like the combine, free agency, the draft. We spend a lot of time doing mock drafts, looking at the analysis on prospects that, you know, one moment they're a, a favorite going into that round and shortly thereafter you've moved on and, wrapping your arms around whoever the player is that the Bills drafted. But there's all this buildup, right? So then that even just takes you to to OTAs, to training camp, to the preseason. And then week one is here. And certainly for the Bills, the Pittsburgh Steelers were a a formidable opponent. Although there was a sense of optimism out there. I mean, the Bills being a six and a half point favorite uh, was certainly a, a, a large spread when you think of a week one game against a a perennial playoff contender in the Steelers. And the Bills come out, and even when they were up 10 to nothing at halftime, it was like, okay, let's come out of the second half. Let's stretch this. Let's put it away. And, of course, that's not what happened. And I'm not really talking so much about what happened in the game. And some of those thoughts will sprinkle in when we talk about this weekend's matchup with the Dolphins. But just that feeling, right, the anticipation for week one, the excitement, you're ready to go, you're seeing the pictures online, you've got friends going to the games, just all of that built up. And then you come out in week one and in the second half, 
you, you lay a bit of an egg, right? And you catch the loss to the Steelers. And then it just seems like a really long week until the Bills play again against the Dolphins. And, and gosh, you think about maybe a longer stretch of time last season after the Bills lost to the Arizona Cardinals and then went into the bye for two weeks. I remember that stretch feeling excruciatingly long, but uh, at least this week from Sunday and recording this on Thursday night to this point, you just think to yourself, man, I only wish it is Sunday. I only wish it is Sunday already for that game and for the Bills to be back on the field. Now, I think with so much of this, we do talk about the team. You talk about expectations. And I am not a guy that puts too much stock in one game or another. But I will be honest. I mean, I I don't want to call anything a must-win game, especially not week two of this season, to call something a must-win game. I mean, that seems ridiculous in itself. But I kind of feel that way. And I, I can't... Think of a better way to describe it, and I I think at least as you hear the struggle in my voice as I talk about it, that maybe you have an understanding where I'm coming from, or maybe you feel the same way, that of course there's still 15 more games to play. If the Bills start 0-2 and the Dolphins are 2-0, that is not an insurmountable lead in the standings. It is not any of those pieces. But I, I think when you interact with fans on Buffalo Rumblings as much as we do, when you get feedback from from guys and girls to the podcast and things we talk about or you engage in conversation in social media or with your friends around town, you're just at that point, right, where you just like, good God, man, if they lose on Sunday, people are going to lose their minds. And, uh, you know, maybe we were a little spoiled last season. I certainly was when you think of the the years of, of pain of following the team and for them to go 13 and three and go to the AFC championship game. Uh, But you look at this and you talk about the expectations and you just think, okay, for Bills fans, you you need to see that bounce back game on Sunday against the Dolphins. I think we certainly, you know, you can see it. I don't want to say you just expect it because in the NFL, nothing nothing is certain. But as I look to this one on Sunday, Um, I look to see the Bills come off to a fast start. I look to see them play well on both sides of the ball and special teams, which is still a little bit crushing when you think back to the block punt and what that meant to the game on Sunday uh, and for the Bills to come out and have a good one. So, again, I'm not going as far as to call it a must win, but I think you can at least relate with what I'm talking about here and saying, like, yeah, I need to see the Bills win on Sunday. I need to see the offense clicking a little bit more. I need to see less holding penalties. I need to see, I just need to see the 2020 Buffalo Bills and not so much what I saw on Sunday. So I just felt the need to open with that. I'm going to take a quick break and then when we come back, we'll talk about the things I'm looking forward to for Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. You're listening to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. We'll be right back after this. All right, Buffalo Bills fans, welcome back to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings. Anthony Marino here with you again. Now I want to talk about Sunday's matchup with the Miami Dolphins and really four things that I will be keeping an eye on. As I go through with these, right, these are the things that come to top of mind for me, that perspective. It's not so much around personnel groupings. It's not around different schemes and and different sets that the team will employ, but just those things as a fan that really I look to and think to myself, okay, 
what is it that for the Bills just stand out to me? And I guess if I'm, you know, again, recording this on a Thursday night, I am most curious to see and what that can look like for the team. Um, the first on my list is Zach Moss and whether or not he is going to be inactive again against the Miami Dolphins. Um, I know there are some that were not surprised. I think Matt Perino had talked about it on Shout and you know, that was one of the five guys he had a, a feeling might be inactive for for the team. Uh, I certainly did not see that coming, right? I think I was probably more in the camp that Matt Breida would be inactive and you would have Singletary and Moss being that one-two punch for the team, but that was not the case. As Sean McDermott described, it was a numbers game and, and Moss was on the outside looking in. Um, as we saw the Bills get a little cute, on some fourth down situations, uh, opt not to go for it in some fourth down situations. I had to wonder to myself, if you had the more punishing back on your roster and Zach Moss active on game day, would that have made a difference in what the Bills look to do in those fourth and short situations? Even third and short, right? Where you see him go for a flea flicker that did not work and then opt not to go for it on fourth and one, which was a little bit curious from that standpoint. So, you know, with this, is this going to be a pattern where Zach Moss is really on the outside looking in when it comes to being active on game day? Or is this a guy that is going to have the opportunity to play? Is he going to have the opportunity to be active and, and maybe is somebody else inactive against the Dolphins and you see a bit more of that power back? I, I know what for what you define as a power back, Moss isn't necessarily that guy, but he is the power back on the Bills roster. Or if he's not going to be it, you know, then maybe Reggie Gilliam is that that guy that we saw at some points in the uh, the goal line situations in the preseason. But um, but with Zach Moss, I am curious if he is going to be active on Sunday. That is most uh, most notable on my list. Uh, number two on the list is Star Latulale. He did not play in Week One against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, the Bills' defensive line seemed to perform well. Uh, again, the Steelers had a, a quick passing attack, so. You know, the, the pressure was was there from the Bills. But uh, again, I think as we look at things with Tua Tagovailoa at quarterback for the Dolphins to see what the Bills defensive line can do, will Star Latulale be out there at that one technique position um, that the team has not had for over a season now at this point? Um, by all means, so often when we talk about Star Latulale, it is tied into the conversation around Ed Oliver and the player that he is and what what he's you know able to do. He was certainly fantastic on the field on Sunday, one of the, the sure bright spots for the Buffalo Bills. So it's not so much that his performance is tied in specifically to Starla Tulele, but again, we've talked about him so much. Uh, he has been on the practice field in a limited capacity earlier this week. Things seem to be pointed in the right direction. Um, that is number two on my list to see what he is able to do what he is going to do, and uh, to see him in the lineup for the Buffalo Bills and to see what type of impact that he can have, but also what that impact will look like for the others across the defensive line. Most notably, again, can we see a repeat performance from Ed Oliver? What do we get from Jerry Hughes, Gregory Rousseau, A.J. Epinesa, and Mario Addison, and not to leave out F.A. Obeda as well. So again, number two on my list, Star Latulale, taking a peek at him. Uh, the last two things on my list are going to be no surprise. And I guess I'm going to lump them together because so much of it 
ties into one another, and that is the offensive line and the pass game. Um, let's start with the offensive line first. And, and as I started out in the podcast early on, um, I'm certainly no expert when it comes to offensive line play. Um, there are other guys out there that can give you those breakdowns and do a fantastic job. And, you know, and I give them all the credit in the world when, when they're able to, to really diagnose some of these pieces. For me, as I talk about this, though, right, it's just to, to the eye. You see guys getting beat in their matchup, getting beat one-on-one, um, pressure on the quarterback, what seemed like constantly on Sunday afternoon. And that really was the Buffalo Bills offensive line. And Deion Dawkins struggled mightily, right? Right now, there's so much of a conversation around his recovery from from the COVID-19 diagnosis that he had and the time that he spent in the hospital and his recovery. Um, you know, what type of an impact did that have on his play? Um, but, you know, three holding penalties, You've probably seen, if you're on Twitter, various video clips of some of his struggles against Melvin Ingram, who's a fantastic player by by all means. But, you know, with that, when you think of a franchise left tackle, what he can bring to the field and how much he can bounce back on Sunday. When you think of the left side of the line right next to him, um, John Feliciano had his hands full with Cam Hayward. And, you know, fans, there's there's like a bit of that way up and down relationship with John Feliciano, loving the personality that he is. So much of that, I think, ties to his relationship with Josh Allen. We have seen good play at times on the field. Sunday was a tough day for him. Um, Cam Hayward had a fantastic day for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And in some situations, it might just be giving credit to the Steelers, right? Like they are set up and they are doing their part to win as well. It's not that they're just out there, you know, laying down, but um, it was not a fantastic day for him and, and kind of compounding things when you talk about that left side of the line with those two individuals struggling. By all intents and purposes, it seemed like it was a, a decent day for Mitch Morris, one holding call, which never really got a great angle on. Um, by all accounts, Cody Ford had a good day, um, at least to the eye. And then as you see different reports from others looking at the all 22 and whatnot. Um, and at the far right, at right tackle, right, Daryl Williams had his hands full with T.J. Watt, which was a little bit of, a, I think, what many of us were afraid of when you think of Watt. Like, Williams got the best of him during the 2020 season, which is not something that many guys in the NFL can say. Um, and it was Watt who certainly turned the tables against Williams on Sunday. So now you look at these five guys and you think to yourself, okay, there was constant pressure in the backfield, constant pressure on the quarterback the inability for him to really get comfortable in him. I mean, Josh Allen, how does this group bounce back against the Miami Dolphins? And again, I'm not talking about substitutions. I'm not talking about rotations. I'm not talking about scheme. I'm not even talking about, you know, lining up uh, Spencer Brown in the Lee Smith type of role or having Zach Moss on the field as a, you know, additional blocker out of the backfield, something that he excels on. I'm just talking kind of like to a man, right? And, I think anyone at any level that has been a competitor before and you, you know, you get beat, you have one of those days where you just get beat. And it's a little bit less about, again, the scheme and, and different lineups. It's just sort of almost like to a man, like, okay, I do not like the feeling that, that I was just left with and how we played the last time that we were on the field. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to do better than I did the time before. 
right? I just, I'm going to do better. You can scheme things up however you want, but deep down in my gut, am I going to be able to perform better than I did the last time? That is almost at the top of the list, right? For what I want to see from the Buffalo Bills on Sunday, those five guys, and again, any reserves that might see some time. The other piece that ties into it, of course, is the passing game. And I think with so much with the passing game that was just a little bit off on Sunday, how much of it was tied into the offensive line play, I'm not really sure. But that's why I want to look at things and what the Buffalo Bills do on Sunday when it comes to their matchup with the Dolphins. Because one, this is an opponent where Josh Allen has traditionally done fantastic. Right when when you look at his his statistics his career against the Miami Dolphins, I mean he's been like the three time AFC Offensive Player of the Week when the Bills play the Dolphins. You know that is not something to just look past. And uh, and my guy Joe at Buffalo Wins on Twitter has the statistics here. Actually, Josh Allen against Miami in six games, one thousand five hundred fifty two passing yards. 17 touchdown passes, four interceptions, 64% completion percentage, 114 QB rating, 340 rushing yards, three rushing TDs. I'm going to give Joe a retweet on that so you guys can check it out. But that's what we're talking about here, right, with Josh Allen against the Dolphins now being in that bounce-back game situation. And again, there were things for Allen that just seemed off on Sunday Um, sometimes that he misconnected with Stefan Diggs when you can talk about Emmanuel Sanders and with Cole Beasley. Sometimes it looked like it was most certainly on Allen, sometimes maybe on the receiver, but where the the passing game just wasn't completely in sync. Things just seemed to be a little bit uncomfortable, and I am putting much of that on the play of, I'll say, the Steelers' defensive line, the Bills' offensive line, and the pressure that was on Allen in the passing game that just didn't allow them to truly get comfortable on Sunday. So as I talk about the things that I'm really going to keep an eye on, the things that I'm really focused on, again, is Zach Moss going to be active and is he going to have a role on Sunday? Um, Star Latulale, will he be back in action for the Bills the first time that we will have seen him in well over a season? Uh, What the offensive line will look like and how that group can certainly bounce back and what Josh Allen and the passing game will look like as they can certainly have shown room for improvement from their matchup and showing that they had against the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday. So you guys know I always love to hear from you. If there's things that you are looking forward to seeing that I didn't mention today, you can find me in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at Ant Marino. And I just always appreciate getting the opportunity to chat with each and every one of you. So uh, thank you, as always, for listening to the show for listening to all of the podcasts that we have here at buffalorumblings.com, for checking out everything on our YouTube page, and of course, just reading all the great content and articles that the team puts together each and every day. So I'm going to get out of here for now. Looking forward to Sunday's game, though, as I know you are. Thank you again for tuning in, and as always, go Bills.